I want us to not sit here and act like we had a funeral on the schedule. George Floyd should not be among the deceased. He did not die of common health conditions. He died of a common American criminal justice malfunction. He died because of there has not been the corrective behavior that has taught this country that if you commit a crime, it does not matter whether you wear blue jeans or a blue uniform, you must pay for the crime you commit. So it is not a normal funeral. It is not a normal circumstance, but it's too common and we need to deal with it. Let me ask those of you that in the traditions of eulogies need a scriptural reference, go to Ecclesiastes third chapter. First verse says, to everything there is a time and a purpose and season under the heavens. I'm gonna leave it there. I saw somebody standing in front of a church the other day would, had been boarded up as a result of violence held the Bible in his hand. I've been preaching since I was a little boy. I've never seen anyone hold a Bible like that, but I'll leave that alone. But since he held the Bible, if he's watching us today, I would like him to open that Bible. And I'd like him to read Ecclesiastes 3. To every season, there's a time and a purpose. And I think that it is our job to let the world know when we see what is going on in the streets of this country and in Europe, around the world, that you need to know what time it is. First of all, we cannot use Bibles as a prop. And for those that have agendas that are not about justice, this family will not let you use George as a prop. If you want to get your stuff off, don't use him. Let us stand for what is right. Because when, when I got the call from Attorney Crump, and usually when he calls me, it's not to find out how I'm doing. It's usually because something happened that he wants National Action Network and I to get involved. 
and he explained to me what was happening with this case. And I'd already heard about it in the media. And immediately I said, well, let me know what you want me to do. He said, whatever you need to do. One of, one of the things, Martin, that I've always had to deal with is critics would say, all Al Sharpton wants is publicity. Well, that's exactly what I want. Because nobody calls me to keep a secret. People call me to blow up issues that nobody else would deal with. I'm the blow up man, and I don't apologize for that. Because you get away too much with hiding things. Honey has talked about y'all putting clothes in the oven to have your clothes dried. Well, I didn't grow up in the third world, but I grew up in third ward. I grew up in Brownsville, and we had roaches. Now, I know Kevin Hart and some of the rich Hollywood folk here don't know what roaches are, but <laughs> we had roaches, ludicrous. And one thing I found out about roaches is that if you keep the light off, if you're in the dark, a roach will pull up to your dinner table and have a five-course meal. So I learned that one of the ways to deal with roaches is if you cut the light on, I could run them roaches and track them down. And I've spent all my life chasing roaches all over this country. As soon as I talked to the family and got the details and heard that among George's last words was, I can't breathe, with a knee on his neck. I immediately thought about Eric Gardner. I did the eulogy at his funeral. And I called his mother. And I said, I know we are not going out because of the coronavirus. But this is so much like Eric. If we could arrange some private way to go to Minneapolis, would you go? And she said, Remal, I'm already packing. Let me know. Tyler Perry said, I'll give the families, the plane, whatever y'all need, because this is wrong. Robert Smith said, don't worry about the funeral costs. People across economic and racial lines started calling and getting in. And we flew out here, her and I, last Thursday, and when I stood at that spot, reason it got to me is George Floyd's story has been the story of black folks. Because ever since 401 years ago, the reason we could never be who we wanted and dreamed to be in is you kept your knee on our neck.
We were smarter than the underfunded schools you put us in, but you had your knee on our neck. We could run corporations and not hustle in the street, but you had your knee on our neck. We had creative skills. We could do whatever anybody else could do. But we couldn't get your knee off our neck. What happened to Floyd happens every day in this country in education, in health services, and in every area of American life. It's time for us to stand up in George's name and say, get your knee off our necks. That's the problem no matter who you are. We thought maybe we had a complex, T.I., maybe it was just us. But even blacks that were broke through, you kept your knee on that neck. Michael Jordan won all of these championships. And you kept digging for mess because you got to put a knee on our neck. White housewives would run home to see a black woman on TV named Oprah Winfrey and you mess with her because you just can't take your knee off our neck. Man comes out of a single parent home, educates himself and rises up and becomes the president of the United States. And you ask him for his birth certificate. Because you can't take your knee off our neck. The reason why we're marching all over the world is we were like George. We couldn't breathe, not because there was something wrong with our lungs, but you wouldn't take your knee off our neck. We don't want no favors. Just get up off of us and we can be and do whatever we can be. There have been protests all over the world. Some have looted and done other things. And none of us in this family condones looting or violence. But the thing I want us to be real cognizant of is there's a difference between those calling for peace and those calling for quiet. Some of y'all don't want peace. You just want quiet. You just want us to shut up and suffer in silence. The overwhelming majority of the people marching 
wasn't breaking windows. They were trying to break barriers. They wasn't trying to steal nothing. They were trying to get back the justice you stole from us. Those that broke the law should pay for whatever law they broke. But so should the four policemen that caused this funeral today. We don't have a problem denouncing violence, Mr. Governor. We don't have a problem, Mr. Mayor, denouncing looting. But it seems like some in the criminal justice system have a problem looking at a tape and knowing there's probable cause. And it takes a long time for you to go and do what you see that you need to do. But I'm one that has been Crump said. National Action Network and I have been involved in a lot of these fights we started around criminal justice. I did speeches and eulogies at most of the funerals that we've had in this space in the last couple of decades and led the marches and did what we had to do. I look at Martin III, we went to jail together fighting these fights like his daddy went to jail before. But I'm more hopeful today than ever. Why? Well, let me go back. Reverend Jackson always taught me, stay on your text. Go back to my text, Ecclesiastes. There is a time and a season. And when I looked this time and saw Marches where, in some cases, young whites outnumbered the blacks marching. I know that it's a different time and a different season. When I looked and saw people in Germany marching for George Floyd, it's a different time and a different season. When they went in front of the parliament in London, England, and said it's a different time and a different season, I come to tell you, America, this is the time of dealing with accountability in the criminal justice system. Stephen, years ago, I went to march. Now, I remember young white lady looked me right in the face and said, nigga, go home. But when I was here last Thursday and Miss Carr and I was headed back to the airport, I stopped near the police station. And as I was talking to a reporter, a young white girl, she didn't look no older than 11 years old. She tagged my suit jacket and I looked around and I braced myself. And she looked at me and said, no justice, no peace. It's a different time. It's a different season. And if my Bible carrying guy out in front of that boarded up church, if I got him to open up the Bible, I want you to remember something. You know, I was late last October to an appointment because the time changed. 
and I was still, my watch was on the wrong time. You know, once a year, time goes forward. And if you don't, Congresswoman Omar, move your watch, you're going to find yourself an hour late, not because your watch was wrong, but you had your watch on the wrong time. Well, I come to tell you that are sitting in Washington talking about militarizing the country, thinking that you can sell wolf tickets to people who's had enough of abuse. I come to tell you, you can get on the TV, but you on the wrong time. Time is out for not holding you accountable. Time is out for you making excuses. Time is out for you trying to stall. Time is out for empty words and empty promises. Time is out for you filibustering and trying to stall the arm of justice. This is the time we won't stop. We gonna keep going until we change the whole system of justice. Our organizations have called this a day of mourning. NAACP, National Urban League, Legal Defense Fund, Black Women's Roundtable, Lawyers Committee, all got together, said we're going to have a day of mourning. But then we're going to come out this day of mourning. Because as some of our experts, Sherilyn Eiffel and others that know the legal field, have outlined a legal process that we must enforce, everything from residency to dealing with police backgrounds not being hidden. I talked to Governor Andrew Cuomo today in New York. He says we got to change 58 where the backgrounds are stopped of policemen. We need to know if they stop you, they find out everything you ever did. Why don't we know when policemen have a pattern? We got to go back to consent decrees. Under the Obama administration, they had put certain cities with patterns and practice under consent decrees. From Jamal Bryan to know when he was pastoring there in Baltimore, that they put it under consent decree. One of the first things that happened in the next administration was they stopped the consent decrees. We have specific policies that need to happen. Therefore, I'm glad Martin III is here today because on August 28th, the 57th anniversary of the March on Washington, we're going back to Washington, Martin. That's where your father stood in the shadows of the Lincoln Memorial and said, I have a dream. Well, we're going back this August 28th to restore and recommit that dream to stand up because just like at one era, we had to fight slavery. Another era, we had to fight Jim Crow. Another era, we dealt with voting rights. This is the era to deal with policing and criminal justice. We need to go back to Washington and stand up black, white, Latino, Arab in the shadows of Lincoln and tell them this is the time to stop this. We, 
Martin and I talked about this. I've asked Reverend Bryant to get the faith leaders together. I talked Randy White got about the labor leaders. Oh, no, we're going to organize in the next couple of months in every region, not only for a march, but for a new process. And it's going to be led by the Floyd family. And it's going to be led by the Ghana family. And it's going to be led by those families that have suffered this and knows the pain and knows what it is to be neglected. And it's going to be getting us ready to vote, not just for who's going to be in the White House, but the State House and the city councils that allow these policing measures to go unquestioned. We are going to change the time. Let me say this to the family who has shown such great grace and le real level and balanced thinking. And that's why I want them to help lead this. And I want think one of the greatest thinkers of our time, Dr. Michael Eric Dyson. I've asked, come and speak. We need to break down, because y'all don't know what time it is. Y'all are operating like it's yesterday. And the reason y'all late catching up to what these protests means is because you didn't turn your clock forward. Talking about make America great. Great for who and great when? We gonna make America great for everybody for the first time. Never was great for blacks. Never was great for Latinos, wasn't never great for others, wasn't great for women. Young women had to march to get the right to vote. But lastly, is the religious side. I was reading and kept thinking about how I was a little embarrassed because when I heard that George at this point of suffering this brutal attack called for his mama. I said to Attorney Crump, I said, well, I appreciate talking to his, his brothers and them on the phone, but I, I want to talk to his mother. He said his mother passed. I said his mother passed, but he was calling for his mother. And I thought about it because I was raised by a single mother. And sometimes the only thing between us and our conditions was our mothers. Sometimes the only thing that we had that would take danger away was our mothers. The only ones that would make sure the food was on the table was our mother. I know why George was calling for mama. But then as I had got that all placed in my mind and I realized why I was always calling her. My mother died eight years ago, but I still try to talk to her. Sometimes just dial the cell phone to hear the voicemail or phone that I never cut off. I still want to reach out to mama. But talking to Quincy last night, one of his five children, Quincy said, you know, I was thinking maybe he was calling his mother because at the point that he was dying, his mother was stretching her hands out, saying, come on, George. I'll welcome you where the wicked will cease from troubling. 
where the weary will be at rest. There's a place where police don't put knees on you, George. There's a place that prosecutors don't drag their feet. Maybe mama said, come on, George. There's a God that still sits high, but he looks down low and he'll make a way out of no way. This God is still on the throne. The reason we can fight, I don't care who's in the White House, there is another house that said if we'll fight, he'll fight our battles. If we stand up, he'll hold us up. So as we leave here today, I say to this family, I know that years ago we told them, Reverend Jackson told us, keep hope alive. Then I know that President Obama wrote a book about hope. But I want you to know in my life, there's times that I lost hope. Things can happen like this that'll dash your hope. But there's something that is sister to hope called faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things unseen. Faith is when you got a pile of bills and no money, but you say he will provide all of my needs. Faith is when you got no medicine in the cabinet and you're sick in your body, but you say he's a doctor that never lost a patient. And he'll dry tears from my eyes. Faith is when your friends walk out. When your loved ones turn their back. But you say, I don't believe he brought me this far to leave me now. We didn't come this far by luck. We didn't come this far by some faith. We come this far by faith. Leaning on the Lord. Trusting in his holy word. He never... He never, he never failed me yet. From the outhouse to the white house, we come a long way. God will, God shall, God will, God always has. He'll make a way for his children. Go on home, George. Get your rest, George. You changed the world, George. We're going to keep marching, George. We're going to keep fighting, George. We're going to turn the clock, George. We're going forward, George. Time out. Time out. Time out. Hezekiah Walker. We ask gospel great Hezekiah Walker sing a song for the family. After which, Derek Johnson of the NAACP asked me, Attorney Crump, we're going to stand for eight minutes and 46 seconds. Though that was the time that George was on the ground. And we want you all over the world to stand with us for eight minutes and 46 seconds and make that commitment for justice in the name of George. I want to thank the members of the Congressional Black Caucus. 
for being with us. Won't you stand? I want to thank the son and heir and co-convener Dr. Martin Luther King III for being with us. I want to thank the mayor and the governor and their brides for being with the family. Senator Amy Klobuchar of the state of Minnesota. I want to thank our my mentor and one who's fought this fight for more than a half a century, Reverend Jesse Lewis Jackson is with us. And his spokesman for Rainbow Push, Jonathan Luther Jackson. I wanna thank, I wanna thank from the entertainment world, Kevin Hart. He told me don't mention he's here, so don't clap. Stand up, Kevin. We joke each other. Brother, beloved, stand up, brother, brother Ludacris. Tyrese Gibson, who's an extraordinary activist in his own right. Master P. The one and only the creative genius, Will Packett, is with us today. And a brother that we've marched together and done a lot of things. He does not just put his name on somebody's petition. He puts his body on the line. Brother T.I. is in the house. I want this brother's, one of the greatest gospel singers alive. Is Tiffany here? Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I, I, I didn't want to announce and say I embarrassed her. Let me tell you something. One of the most popular, outstanding artist that is also committed. I've read her interview. She think I'm old and don't read stuff, but I do. And she's been committed and saying the right things, and she wanted to be here today. And I was so busy joking with Kevin, I didn't even look at her. Let us welcome our sister beloved, Sister Tiffany Haddish is in the house. Well, I'm going to announce all the rest. Wait a minute, y'all don't start introducing folk. I got them all. Let us hear a selection from Brother Hezekiah Walker. 